Broadcasting from another dimension, deep within the Ghost Shrimp National Forest, sending you secrets from the future directly into your motherfucking mind. It's the Ghost Shrimp and Friends Podcast, y'all. Episode 14. That's right, we're back at it again. And let me tell you a little something about today. I hope you brought your appetite because we are serving up piping hot slices of beef stew pizza with our special guest, Andy J. Miller. All right, here we are with a very special guest today. The guest Yo. that the guest that inspired me to podcast in the first place, <laughs> Andy J. Miller. Oh, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing really good. I've uh, I've been working on a kids book, and that that's oh, you know, those bigger like projects always kind of like take up your whole mind, and yeah. uh, you know, so I'm kind of in a in a weird cave mode doing my thing uh but i'm feeling grateful to be able to jump on uh and have a conversation with a human especially (laughs) a human the likes of uh of the ghost shrimp so yeah yeah definitely that's great man well that's exciting well we'll definitely have to hear a little bit about that but so uh two weeks ago you were in the 12 week online workshop the workshop that i've been doing which which also really was uh you know, uh, inspired and catalyzed by seeing you do your podcast and the workshop. Um, yep. So that was really cool to get you in there as a special guest. It uh, was awesome. To give some feedback. So how was that experience for you? Dude, it was awesome. And I was really inspired by uh, the way you were doing the class. You know, I think the way that I was doing my class was a lot more um, – it was a lot the way I was doing it was more like real time in their actual career, like coming alongside stuff they were doing. Mm-hmm. And you were doing things that where they were it was more assignment based, like you know, trying to teach them something or or get some experience there. And I I was just like really inspired by uh, the prompts that you were given. Mm-hmm. I just felt like mm-hmm. they were inspiring to the people. So there were things that they wouldn't have done on their own. There were things that they might not even had the opportunity to do in any kind of education system. Yeah. But they were things that they were clearly getting them excited and pushing them to their limits. And it was really cool to jump in and kind of see um, a different, I don't know, a different way of doing it than, yeah. than what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and then also, it was just cool to see. Uh, I felt like you'd done a really good job of recreating a genuine experience of learning with other people, even though it's not in person. Yeah. Uh, which was, yeah, super, uh, exciting to me. And it was cool to jump in and just kind of, um, lavish them as much as I could with as much, uh, encouragement. And also, uh, you know, I never think of it like insight, like, uh, Oh, I know something they don't know, but more just like, give them my point of view that's going to be different to what they've had before. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing so is was- just yeah, my biggest thing in the workshop is 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 really trying to create that authentic. Uh, environment feel and it's funny because we were just you know i was just in brooklyn this past weekend um speaking at the doing a little panel at pratt at the comic arts brooklyn comic fest and uh we and 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 alex was i met up with alex uh ghost scout dusty lupus down there and some of the other scouts and alex's in the workshop as an assistant and yeah. uh, we met up with one of the girls from the workshop who's in manhattan you know we we had only interacted with her in the workshop and uh, we got together with her uh elena and uh it was like we were friends forever like all three of us yes. were like just chilling and she was like wow you guys are just like you are in the videos we're yeah. Like, yeah of course we are <laughs> like this is like yeah. you know it's just because because I, I always say this but I don't know, maybe people don't think it's, it's, it's genuine, but I'm always like, yo, I'm just trying to, I'm always, I'm always doing things in my life based on my passions. You know, I'm always being just myself and doing things that I'm super passionate about. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, this is just like, this is just what we do. This is exactly, if you, if, if you see me on a video and you talk to me in person or you see me in the woods or you see me on the street, I'm just like, that's exactly how I am. And that's, I love, I love hearing that, that that's working, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. It was palatable. And actually, uh, I've got two other, uh, d- tangents that I want to just run on real mm-hmm, quick is mm-hmm. one is, uh, you know, I think that it's a funny thing about, uh, ADHD, uh, that, you know, we both share in. And I think one of the weird things about it is it makes you such a passionate person and it makes you so obsessed with your passion. Like I, that's one of the things that I, I've been thinking a lot about recently, my own, kind of development of myself and trying to get in touch with who I really am beyond all the, 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 the crap and the, and the, all the things that you learn to, to integrate into society. And I feel like trying to make a career out of creativity was so stressful for the first, you know, five or six years of the go that, uh, it put me in this gridlock and this like grip of stress all the time. And I feel like in that, you lose a part of yourself because you have to go into survival mode and you have to sometimes be something that you're not. And I just have realized that uh, I, for a while, I thought that I was really driven and ambitious mm-hmm. as, as someone who wants to excel and be awarded and all that crap. And I just realized none mm. of that is true. It's so all is, been about passion. Yeah. Just like, I just want to do what I love to do. Yeah. I'm gonna, so I want to figure out how to make that happen. Now, is that what was causing the stress? Was it like your, your, because, because you were like, what was it? Because was, we were actually talking, me, me and Alfonso were talking about that on the last podcast, that sort of perception of the, of the, of the struggling artist, the starving artist, yeah. the stressed artist. And I was saying that, you know, I've definitely had challenges in my career, but I've never identified with that. So it's interesting that you bring that up. Like, what is it that was making that first four or five years stressful for you? That's interesting. Uh, I mean, it was a, it was all kinds of things. So I'll tell you, like, there's a psychological side of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, an actual just like in your life side of it. So one of them was, uh, I have this thing where, man, it's a really complex, I'm totally 100% open about all this crap. So I'm not even, you know, I'm not trying to figure out how to word it. I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah. Uh, so, so like when I was, uh, you know, my mom has ADHD Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't think it's never been diagnosed and I, you know, I don't take medicine or anything, but, right. um, just understanding myself and understanding what's 
different about me that isn't necessarily wrong. Uh, you know, I grew up with a dad and a mom and a stepmom that were corporate people, and yeah. there was nothing wrong with that. I don't judge them for any of that. But I didn't fit into that type A world at all, and I didn't show up. You know, if all if all the tests you're going to run from that perspective, I don't even show up on the test. Like mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? So they're just like, we don't know, like, we love you, but we don't really, they just couldn't see the, all the value metrics they had. I wasn't showing up. Right, right, right. And so, and then beyond that, my mom, who I, I think had a lot of trauma as a kid. Uh, I think, uh, she's a different personality type to me in certain ways anyway. Um, someone who finds it easy to justify bad choices, like, uh, because she wants to do them kind of thing, which I don't have that as much. Um, and, uh, but anyway, I just grew up watching this person that couldn't do what she needed to do to take care of her family. So she Mm -hmm. just abandoned two sets of kids, two husbands, um, got into all kinds of deep trouble, bad trouble, physical trouble, uh, dark places. I could tell you a million dark stories from her, from, yeah. you know, secondhand and then also kind of involved my life. And, uh, and I, I was keenly aware that I was like her in a way. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and at the time I didn't know it, but it was mainly the part of her that I see myself, um, in is the ADHD side and which is really like my creative side. It's my passionate side. It's my weird personality side, all that crap. And I think, Watching her, knowing that I have the same tendencies of like the job that I had is I I was made to get a part time job in high school and I just freaking hated every second of it. I yeah. hated it. Mm-hmm. And it just made my skin crawl to sit there in this box and be the cashier for eight hours. I just wanted to die. And I just thought, I know I'm going to grow up to be like my mom who just never works, runs away from everything. That's res- all of her responsibilities, hurts tons of people. And so like. When I when, sorry, I'm going on giant. No, no, this is good, man. Keep rolling, keep flowing. <laughs> so, I, so I like I uh, so so I, most of my childhood and teenage years are just thinking I'm doomed and I'm going to be a terrible person and mm-hmm. you know whatever. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go, but I and and I'm just going to follow all my uh, anything that makes me that just pleasure basically. Mm-hmm. And a lot mm-hmm. of those pleasures were not fantastic. And uh, anyway, so I'm like I find creativity. And, uh, and it's the first thing like design and illustration. It's the first time I see some models out there in the world, like making gig posters and doing all these things. I'm like, I could probably do that, uh, for a living and, and somehow get by and, and be, and maybe even be a dad. Cause I dreamt of being a dad. I wanted to be a dad. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have, I wanted to be married. I wanted to have kids. Um, that was just something I always wanted. Um, but I was petrified of it because I thought I was going to, you know, mess it up. And, uh, you know, we, we had kids really early and I was pursuing the creative career thing. And, uh, and, and I was also so petrified of having to have a full-time job because it makes me even creative jobs. Uh, you know, I mean, I've never had a really good creative job. Mm -hmm. I've never had like a, thing where I would, was actually doing something within my skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, but pseudo creative jobs, if you think about like page layout for uh, something you're really not interested in, some people are, you know, get crazy about page layout, but you know, st- page layout for like flyers that, you know, nobody gives a crap about that, mm-hmm. all that. I had a little bit of that early on, but I was just like, 
petrified that this thing was going to go south uh, and I have to provide for my family and I have to figure out how to make this and, and pay the bills and all that jazz. And uh, for the first couple of years, the first year was really great. And then it was the recession and then pro- probably a billion other th- factors mm-hmm. uh, meant that I, the first year I was like a part-time graphic designer and did that for nine months while I was getting my illustration thing going. Got a got tons of good illustration stuff going, left my job, bought a house, did a bunch of stuff, and then my illustration stuff just dried up 100%. Wow. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. And it was every worst nightmare. And I'll just tell you it this way, and this kind of summarizes it, is that every other job that I'd ever had felt like a jail. Mm-hmm. And so I just like, I, I did everything to run from traditional employment that I could do. Yeah. And, and by the time when my illustration career tanked a year after I was out of school and just like, I went six months with like no get no jobs and I had all these bills stacking up. And then I, uh, and I, and I just decided I was, so, and I tried so many things and I was so hurt by this failure uh, and this thing that had promised me maybe a possible way of existing that was going to be positive for me and right. where I thrive, that I decided I was not even I was I had to get a job. I wasn't going to get a creative job because it just I was just done with it. And I got the only job I could get that wasn't uh, minimum wage, and it was at a youth shelter slash detention center. And so I worked there for like eight months, and the youth shelter was cool because. You know, it was really people focused and uh, and I'm good at that kind of relation, like um, just like coaching people and, and encouraging these teenagers. And, and I was good at listening and doing all that. Um, but then I would have to pick up shifts in the in the detention center where where the youth shelter, you could like go on the bus, take them places, do all kinds of different things. It was mm-hmm. really flexible. But the detention center was like, go back into that locked, secure environment windowless with 10, uh, you know, 10, 10 kids, five of which are, you know, really, uh, fine and, and victims and five of which are very scary in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back there with them. You're their leader, by the way, you're only like three years older than them. <laughs> right, <laughs> and, right, right. And, uh, and if things kick off, we've trained you how to call, to hit the panic button wow. and, and safely restrain them. And, and so there I was like, a few years, like I just tasted my dream mm-hmm. and thought it was all good. Like I had done work with Sony and Converse and had uh, opportunity with uh, Yo Gabba Gabba, like a right. bunch of freaking crap my first year. Mm-hmm. And then like nine months after that, I'm, I, I've, I've went from doing everything and I, I could to run away from traditional employment because it feels like a jail mm-hmm. to in a jail cell at 3 a.m., <laughs> trying to figure out how to restrain this kid so he doesn't hurt anybody. Wow. It was so messed up. Yeah. And I so and I had a, I had a, a kid and I was married and I had a mortgage and uh I just so everything kind of stemmed from I I could have probably made different decisions mm-hmm. uh, kinds of different ways that it could have played out but ultimately you know that those trials actually ended up it was just like being, you know, your stepdad throwing you in the, the deep end. Yeah. And it made me, I'm not, I, I don't know if it was the best way of doing it, but I do think it made me the type of person that can do the podcast and, and figure out how I'm going to make it happen. I'm right. Gonna, I'm going to figure out, like, just like you do, 
in that, and I'm going to do an episode actually next week about this, uh, which is that adaptable, resourceful, don't figuring out how to make it happen, even if it's far from how anybody else have, has done it before. Right. And, I, and just have the confidence in myself because of that now. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to find a way in. I'm going to find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, and, and, you know, so from there, I spent several years like building up my illustration work and eventually um, doing that full time with like the odd class at, at, at an art school. And um, yeah, and, that, and it, it, but it took the first like, I'd say the first three years out of college were brutal in a way wow. that I never expected it to be. So it was like you were sort of a victim of that early success. Like you had a taste of it, of the big time right away. And then you're like, oh, we're balling. And then you and then you also <laughs> jumped into a large amount of responsibility yes. because of that, because you were emboldened by it. And then all of a sudden when, when, the, when the inevitable, you know, as we now know, as, as, as people who have freelance careers, when the lull comes, you're like, yes. Oh, wait a minute. No one told me this was happening. Right. Like you didn't yes. like, like, like you got out to such a hot start that you did it and you didn't have the experience to know that it's going to come and go and it's going to ebb and flow that when that rug got pulled out from under you, you were like, Whoa. Plus you had the fear on top of that of like, yeah. you know, that it kind of tapped into that primal fear of yours that, that stems from the family stuff of like oh my god wait no i am a fuck up oh shit because like because i have i i have i have definitely you know it's kind of interesting that parallel where you know i as a as a as a young when i was starting to you know go to school and stuff like that like like uh, high school i was very lost and in that same thing of like not knowing what my future would be and then creativity really saved me but i think because It took me, I didn't have any huge successes out of the gate. I mean, I started getting illustration work right away, but it was just, you know, I went home back to New Hampshire and I was just, you know, my greatest aspirations at that point were if I can do a little bit of comics, I can do a little bit of album covers and just be able to do my own thing and develop my voice as an artist. That was my yeah. dream. So and it was kind of a slow roll. So it was, you know, yeah. it just built up for me and my whole my whole thing was to have super low overhead be super chill about it so it kind of built gradually for me and so i never kind of had that thing where i was like you know it it always was sort of going up like it would take a little dip and then it would go a little up but i didn't have any you know the first really big success that i had was was adventure time and that was actually Mm -hmm. during that like where where the economy hit the fan so those were like my fattest years were like the worst the economy was like that was right it was literally the fall of 2008 when i went out to work for cartoon network and then i quit in like 2011 so like those years were my best years i made the most money during those years and then i saved it up and i was like all right guys see ya and then i came back here and just started you know doing the you know working my whole plan of the homesteading thing so that's really interesting though that makes a lot of sense well, I think uh, the other thing is that <clears throat> I think uh, the whole like a, a big theme in my podcast is avoiding shortcuts uh, and hacking your way and, and, and trying to go viral and all that mm-hmm. crap. Like I think, you know, and it's because I have tasted it and yeah. saw that it, it actually can do more harm than good, really. Yeah. And that's why I'm, everything I talk about is uh, the, 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 the I call it the sure cut. Instead of the shortcut, yeah. oh, I like, like that. just go I like the, that. 
go the way that like it, like it's hard enough in the creative world to find a a path that actually leads anywhere, let alone find one that's super fast. Yeah. Like just just let you know, be satisfied with that. So I one way I always tell I always tell everybody the same thing because I think it illustrates the whole point is that like I felt like early on in my career it was Super Mario Brothers three and I found like four uh, whistles. And I skipped all the way to Bowser, and then he just kicked my ass. Yeah, and I just, right, 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 and, right, yeah. For, you know, three years. Then I took three years of going through every level and collecting the mushrooms and getting right. Luigi and, you know, learning all the jumps, getting the muscle memory in my hands to push the controller buttons at the right time. Absolutely. And showed up back at Bowser and, you know, go on to win the game ten times. Because, you know, you have to go through the game. The game teaches you how to how to slay the dragon, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and I think, I think our whole world, everything, especially in the creative world, I, I think – we love to freaking celebrate the artists that have these overnight successes while they're at the top. And then we love to laugh like while they crash and burn. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think it just, you know, I think it's, I always say it's like, uh, it's like if the business world on every business magazine, if it was lottery winners mm-hmm. and, and they're like, they're going to tell us how they did it. And then you interview them and they don't really have anything interesting to say. Cause they're like, it was just meant to be, I guess, you know, and, and I just think in the art world, I feel like we do that a lot. Meanwhile, the people that actually build an existence is so like unassuming and gradual that that rarely do they, you know, get any highlights and and get get the spotlight. So I think uh, that's what so much of what I try to be about is like forget about viral, forget about the rewards. Think about uh, the enjoyment and the reward of doing the stuff that you love and 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 thriving in your every day and that being enough. You don't yeah. need any other metric. You don't need any other plaque. You don't need any other, you don't need fame. You don't need anything else. If you're making stuff that you're thrilled about and you're paying the bills, done. Yeah. You're, you need nothing else beyond that. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what I'm always trying to get across in, you know, training camp with the scouts or the workshop or whatever that, you know, the 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 first thing that is the most important thing is to enjoy the process, enjoy being at the desk, getting down deep and down that deep, deep inside that piece of paper. That is where your whole, that is the core of your universe. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the sun is at the center of our universe. You need to be, you need to be that, that, that the, the project that you're working on right now, the, the piece of paper in front of you needs to be the center of the universe. And if the, if everything in your life is revolving around the enjoyment of that and then letting everything else flow organically, from that you're going to be all right the minute you start to try to realign that universe and say no the earth is the center of the universe this is the it's like no 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 man it's every now everything's getting out of joint things are banging into each other and asteroids are colliding in your mind like it's not gonna work you know what i'm saying um one one interesting thing that i was wondering as you were talking about that and and you know I've, i've we've talked a little bit about it before how how your dad is like a real corporate guy do you think do you think that do you think that um, you know the some of that mental pressure you put on yourself? Do you think some of that came from like wanting to live up to the expectations of a very successful father? Yes. Like, was that part yep. of it? It definitely is a part of it. I think you know I've talked to him about this recently. I think it's a weird thing when your dad, you know, in a in a minor way. I think it kind of felt like my dad was Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, in business and feeling like 
with money, making money. Right. He's, he and he. You know, he again, he did like the really slow climb. So when we were when I was a teenager, he was successful, but he wasn't as he is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and like he was much more there were way more people uh, in the same world that he was when I was in high school, whereas now he, he's like a vice president and he's, a, you know, a big dog in a Fortune 500 company. And, mm-hmm. and he's an amazing person. But I, here's the other thing I'll say about what I think kind of happened uh, there's this thing that Tony Robbins says, which I feel like every time I'm talking to you, I'm talking about Tony Robbins. Well, I, I don't actually like. I've you know I've only, I've watched the documentary. I think I've like I've you know I've heard him on a few podcasts. So I'm not like you know reading him all the time or anything. But he said one thing. He says ten stuff that's that's great. No, I like, love Tony Robbins. Said, I, I don't he, think you can go wrong by listening to Tony Robbins. I think he's like, got some awesome stuff yeah. for sure. But I just think like. I don't know. It just sounded like I feel like the last time we talked in person, that's what we were talking about. That kind of um, makes sense, though. I feel like that that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he says something that I think is uh, really fascinating, and he says, uh, "When when you were a kid, uh, who's which of your mom and dad's love did you feel like you had to earn? And mm, yeah. and because you're gonna you're gonna if you know, whichever one you have their love and affection, you're going to feel secure in that. And that's not going to really mold you in a negative way. If it's one of them that you have to do things or you have to be, he says, who did you have to be to earn that person's love? And I realized, you know, my first 18 years of, of life, my, my mom wasn't in the picture and I was desperate for her love and affection, mainly because in my family, I was so odd one out because I wasn't a math person and I wasn't a sports person. Yeah. And both my brothers are, my dad is, um, you know, my sister and my stepmom are more on that wavelength than I am. And my mom was like the creative person who would like draw all the time and was like super charismatic and goofy and weird. And, uh, and I just, I thought she was amazing and she was never around. And I think the person that I thought I had to be to get her affection was to be the cool person at school. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, for the first 18 years of my life, I think I was just trying to be popular, have hot girlfriends. You know, that was my, th- you know, that yeah, was my get the hottest girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. I, this is something in me thought that that would impress my mom. Like That's if, funny. If cool That's girls, really funny. It's super weird. You know, I didn't think it at the time, but I think, you know, looking back, I was thinking, I think that she would be impressed if like the cool girls liked me. Yeah. Uh, but she's also a weird person. So, um, but you're just like sending pictures of your girlfriends to your mom. You're like, mom, check out this girl. Should I ask her out, mom? She's like, not hot enough. Where's the really cool girls? Um, so, so I think, and then when I was 18 and I started to have like, that was when I had like these massive paradigm shifts in my mind about all kinds of different things, mm-hmm. um, including creativity, but not limited to that, which we could go into all that stuff, but I'm not really sure it's relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Then I think it, it was kind of like a rebirth moment where you're, you're turning and going the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And I think the funny thing is that I spent probably from 18 to 27 trying to earn my dad's affection yeah wow totally (laughs) so crazy and i realized it just in the past couple years like then i thought if i made tons of money and i was really successful right because that's like his world that's like his metrics you're like yeah dad check out this worth (laughs) yes And, and i and honestly i think you know with him i think uh he's always loved me he's not 
he's but the other the other difference is that he's not he doesn't naturally show love in the way that I uh, need it from people, right. um, which is saying things. He's uh, more of like a stereotypical like male guy, where he's like way. not not like hugging and saying I love you like that kind of thing, or. He's become more of that. Now yeah, he's okay. now he's very – I think he's just – he is a person that is highly self-developed mm-hmm. uh, from where he came. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's always on the mission. He's always on the journey. Yeah. Now he he goes out of his way to say things and, and give me hugs That's and all really that, cool. you know, That's really which cool. is amazing. Uh, but I think uh, either way, even if he was lavish with his love – there was just a thing in my subconscious that had switched hmm. that and both of them are kind of, I mean, they're both twisted and not really right in that there's something about accepting who you are and what you, what do you think makes like, you know, in philosophy, they talk like one of the, I think like the, the main thing in philosophy that they're talking about is what does it mean to live a good life? Yeah. And, and I think, all of us have a different metric of what that means. And I think if you're using someone else's, you're always going to be miserable and always troubled. And I think it wasn't until the past four years, I would say that I started to realize that my metric wasn't money. It wasn't, you know, being popular, being cool or fame is a better way of saying it. Money and fame. It was Mm -hmm. probably like, I think if my mom thought I was famous, that she would think I was amazing. And if my dad thought I was rich in my subconscious, I thought that he would be really pleased with that. Yeah. Just realized that neither of those, I do want to have enough money to, to provide for my family and and thrive as a person. Um, And I want to be as famous as necessary to continue to do my work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, and then, but really I want to be able to, do what I feel like I'm on this planet to do Monday through Friday. Yeah. That, that's what I want to do. That's all. That's my metric is mm-hmm. I do what I want to do or what I feel like I'm gives me life and what I feel like I'm here to do. Um, and yeah, I think that that that's been a big shift in my thinking in the past couple of years. Yeah. Shifting away from the hottest chicks, the most amount of money, <laughs> the most amount of fame. Yeah. Those yeah. are hard. That's a hard. That's a hard metric to shoot for. All those are the. They are very American metrics, though. That's sort I of know, like I what we're what we're raised. What that's that's definitely what we're raised in our culture to kind of like think about, right? We all fantasize. Yes. We're all told that those are the greatest fantasies. The funny thing is, though, is I didn't know that I. It only it took me a long time to realize that that's what I was going for, mainly because I was going for it in such an unorthodox way. Yeah. Because I, you know, I knew that I had nothing but creativity in terms mm-hmm. of strengths. Yeah. So it's like there's a lot faster, more sane ways to be rich than to than to make art. Um, but I knew I couldn't do it any other way if I, you know, or or be famous or whatever. Um, but yeah, I would say the past four years have been really healthy, really thriving. I was already, you know, I'd say 2014, um, 2013, 2014, my career was going really well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think probably around 2013 is where I started to um, go on the journey that I feel like I've been on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it's been definitely the best stretch of my health and, and mindset and, and happiness. 
Yeah, it's interesting how when you have because because how long have you been working professionally for? So I've I've been doing freelance since two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. So, okay. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So so Very yeah. The, it, it's interesting so. how there's there really are different phases of your career. You know what I'm saying? Especially yes. as a freelancer, if you're not just trying to jump into like the animation industry and, you know, just work that in one industry for the whole time. And, and right now you're sort of in a, in a, I feel like, you know, we were talking about that when you were here, when we first met a couple of years ago at Ghost Scout training camp, you were talking yeah. about how you were kind of really transitioning you know, your, your podcast was starting to, or I mean, it was in, in full effect taking off and, and you were, you know, going and doing talks and, you know, you were yeah. saying, yeah, I'm doing less illustration and, and really derive and really even not so much what you're spending, that you're spending more time doing the, doing mm -hmm. the kind of like, uh, speaking and, and, and personality things, but that, that you were really even kind of like getting more inspired and, and feeling really great about doing that even more inter even more interested in that than, than doing the illustration work that you'd been doing. Yeah. And, and I think, so that must've been, 2015, I think was is that when I was there. Yeah, you came for year five. You came for the blowout, right. the like five year the big you know, one. The, yeah, year five. So yeah, yeah, last year was year six, but yeah, year five, and we could talk about that too. That was so much fun. Yeah. That was the that was the that was the biggest. Uh, I mean, year six was pretty big too, but year five was we were shooting for the moon. We had the we had the uh, most amount of people. I think there was 19 or 20 people in camp uh, one weekend, and we had we had Kent Osborne here, the head yeah. writer. From Adventure Time, we had Mark Osborne come through, his brother who you know directed Kung Fu Panda and uh, the the new Little Prince movie, which was just coming mm -hmm. out, which it kind of just came out, so that was really yeah, fun. True. He was talking about that. You came and, and did Killer. You know, you you got to do a Killer career talk for all the kids. That was that was so much fun. And I so and this is kind of it was interesting because you saw me at an interesting time. So 2014 and 2015 were uh, and 2013 to a to an extent were my busiest illustration years ever. Mm -hmm. And they, and, and especially 2014, 2015, I, what ended up happening, I think, cause I don't feel that way anymore about illustration. And I'm going to just kind of explain that. Like yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm super into illustration right now, like mm -hmm. deep into it. And I, and I, so what ended up happening was before like 20, probably I keep going through all these damn years. Like it means something. It doesn't mean anything, <laughs> uh, but there was a season where I was like, uh, earlier in my career where I was thinking I want to do illustration for big companies all right. the freaking time, yeah. big ad campaigns. And just, you know, that's all I want to do. If I can just do that all the time. And then like, I worked really hard strat strategically tried everything I could to kind of make that happen. And luckily in some ways, 2014 and 2015, it all came to fruition. Mm -hmm. And, 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 uh, I was doing, nights and weekends on things for Nutella and Glastonbury and Oreo and IDEO and all these friggin' things, like all these different things, um, tons and tons of these illustration projects. And, and when I had seen you there, I was in a place where I was like, I don't know if I want to do illustration at all anymore. Right. I'm, yeah. You were kind of saying that. I was burnt out on yeah, it. Being, yeah. Basically. And what I didn't have the wisdom to see was that, um, when I started to, uh, make some money on the podcast, uh, and I could, and I allowed myself to get out of that survival mode from the early years of being burnt that bad and saying, Hey man, you don't have to hammer this illustration stuff so hard. Yeah. You can promote yourself less. You can take on less jobs. I took on an agent that weeded out like 
70% of my jobs in 2016, yeah. uh, which at the time was really what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then this year I've realized that illustration is like a craft making the style of illustration. I, I feel like I've mastered not illustration, but I've mastered my style of illustration to a degree where it is a meditation for me Yeah, and I love it. And yeah, so that's exactly what you need. Yeah. That's exactly where you want to be in your career. You know, where that, where, where, we're doing, we're getting in and, and enjoying the process where that really centers you the most. Yes. And so I've been, so 2016 was cool because I just thought I'm going to focus on the podcast and that mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm going to say no to tons of stuff cause I can. And then I did that. And then by the end of, by the beginning of this year, I was like, you know what? Like if I was doing a healthy amount of illustration and it was like four hours a day, mm-hmm. uh, five hours a day max, like I would, I realized like that would make me happier than anything. That's one of the reasons I always tell people like, get this idea of like painting eight or nine hours a day out of your head because mm. nobody can do that happily. Like I, at least nobody I know. And not with a family. Thing. Definitely not with a family. Not- like I was really happy, you know, doing that for, for all the years before I had a family. Like I would yeah. just, I'm like, I'm really wired that way. I would basically prefer to be like, you know, six out of seven days drawing like 10 hours a day yeah. just because I love the craft and I love the process so much. But as soon as you have a family that, that even if you, even if you still enjoy it that much, it just doesn't vibe with your whole life anymore and everything gets yeah. out of whack. So yeah, that's, and since you've been in that mode for so long, like how old is your oldest now? Nine. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, that's, it's yeah, been a while. It, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that doesn't work anymore. You know, then you start to get all conflicted and your kids are like, Oh, you never hang out with me anymore. And you're like, we just hung out yesterday. <laughs> we, we were, we drew for five hours together yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and so, and the other side of it is this too, is that, well, I mean, it's not just doing, you know, eight hours of drawing mm-hmm. uh, it's it's doing it for clients that and and and, uh, and a large percentage of it isn't stuff that you want to do if you if you want to make uh you know uh, uh an above average middle class salary on your art only there's a bunch of sacrifices that you're going to make in, right. in terms of the jobs that you're going to take on mm-hmm. and that's just where the situation i was in was like i have the jobs coming in i have you know um, an, an amount of overhead that I, I want to have to, to live where I want to live with my family and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of, you know, worked myself into this corner where I had to take on all this work and yeah. do it and, and, and do, and a bunch of it ended up being, and, and weirdly I had built a style around doing a bunch of vectory stuff, which I don't like doing. Mm-hmm. I don't like doing the pen tool. It's not drawing to me. Right. 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 <laughs> tons of that. And so eventually I worked out a way, uh, of drawing everything digitally that I like even more than the vector. It was, a, it was a perfect storm of a billion things that meant that tw- it was, I, it was great because 2016 was great to focus on the podcast and all kinds of good things came from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad to be in a balance. And, and what I really like now, uh, like Austin Cleon, I heard him talking about this idea and actually my friend, Will Bryant does the same thing where he has, a digital table and an analog table. And, uh, and for me, and it's just like two different types of creativity that you can kind of, you know, you, you spend energy and, 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 and gain energy doing this type of work. And then you move over to the other table and you kind of 
uh, the, there's a yin yang kind of giving and taking. Yeah. And for me, at this stage in 2017, I've been like 50% illustration, 50% podcast. And when I'm doing the podcast, it's getting me excited to go back to the drawing table. And when I'm doing the drawing table, I'm thinking about podcast stuff. And it's just like, now I'm in this crazy ecosystem of like energy yeah. and I'm on fire doing stuff all the freaking time. Yeah. Uh, and that is, I'm, I'm just, and I'm sure I was, you know, this was supposed to be like a question of whether that uh, is similar to when you're doing the workshop and the, and the ghost scout stuff, whether that kind of gives you a different release creatively and, and keeps it for everything fresh. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, like even yeah, doing the workshop on the weekends and stuff and like, you know, I was gone this weekend, so I was just doing vid chats earlier cuz I do uh one, you know, half an hour one-on-one vid chats with with each student uh, you know, once a week. And so I was just making up some vid chats with kids this morning and it gets me so jacked up. Like I get so loud and like hyper and like active and like it gets me like just so, so jacked up. And uh, it's the same with, with, with camp even more. I was telling one of the kids today, he's like, man, every time I talk to you, it's like, you're so energized. He's like, I leave these talks getting like feeling so pumped up. He's like, I was yeah. this one kid in Mexico. He's like, he's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I go there and then I'm like telling my family how excited I am. And they're like, oh yeah, we get it you're in this workshop that really excites you like every week he's like saying this to them and he was like how do you like get, he's like how do you get so hyped up and i'm like because because he's like he's like yeah you talk to everybody for like five hours right because i just yeah. go i blast everybody in a row i'm like i'm like actually man that's like first of all this is actually really just like a probably my most natural talent is just getting myself super jacked up and like talking endlessly like that just yeah. that's just like all i gotta do is be awake and that's that can, can do that <laughs> like yeah. and i was telling him like and and that's nothing because like really like you know there's a lot of things that make ghost scout training camp work the way it does and it and it's it, it's the counselors and all this stuff and everybody bringing the energy but you know really as the leader of ghost scout training camp it all starts with me walking up the hill and being at my highest morale and my highest energy for you know usually 30 straight days i mean this one was yeah. a this one was a, a little bit of a shorter format um but the first five years was a month long and uh, it's these people camping out in the woods and you know doing like manual labor and sometimes they're working in the rain and like all this like yeah. really super super mentally and physically challenging stuff and uh you know sometimes I'll be having a super bad day, but I know if I walk up that hill and people read that on me, then they're going to start being like, wait a minute, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, so like, <laughs> I have to get up there and be like, be like just the motor that drives it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And that was a, I really realized how much of a, I was talking to, to, about a couple of those facets today with them about how much that that's really that's really trained me to just get really good at this and just flipping the switch of like okay now yeah. it's now it's time to go and it's it's really genuine it has to come from a genuine place you know what I'm saying if yeah it's not people genuine, don't always understand that people I, know I, it I right away I try to away, tell people like, that too it's like yeah. it's not you getting. You know, turning it on doesn't mean that it's not authentic. Yeah. And I, I and I understand how people can perceive it that way, uh, but it's just a choice. It's actually it's just like anything, you know, from like Eastern uh, religion where they talk about choosing happiness and yeah. choosing. It's a it's a you're in control of your brain yeah. and your consciousness. No, and if actually, I was like this all the time. My wife would not. Yeah, if I was like this oh, all the time, my wife would not be here. She'd be like, no. she's already like, <laughs> like she's like she's like I'm not gonna listen to your podcast because I have just a life of your podcast all the Dude, time. My wife said the exact same quote. <laughs> Someone said to her like, "Oh, what do you think of your podcast?" She's like, I don't know. I never listened to it. Yeah. I can't. I live this. This is my freaking yeah. life. I get yeah. all this. Dude, totally true. Uh -huh. Dude, the other thing I was gonna say is that. 
you um and let me know when you have to go man yeah no, uh, no we, we're, we're good i got an alarm i got like another half right. hour or so yeah all right so but uh but uh one of the things i think you and i and actually um again i'm gonna I'm going to attribute this to ADHD because ADHD, to me, the defining characteristic is you're going to have to figure out how to do what you want. Yeah. You, it's all about doing what you want. And it's not about doing what you want in a selfish like in like a well, it can be. But it's not just about like, oh, just give me exactly what I want. It's I need it's not that's even like a, a, a crappy way of saying it. A better way of saying it is what you're passionate about. You have to be in your passion and that's yeah. your best self. And, and and I think there's a lesson for people that don't have that motor. That means I'm going to do it at whatever cost and I'm going to strategically figure out how to freaking make it happen at yeah. whatever cost because I have to is that um, one of the things that I see you doing and I do the same thing is this level of self-awareness because you're, because you're obsessed with living in your passion zone, you figure out what is it that puts me in that zone. So for you, it's, you know, being in nature, doing that manual labor, being around people, talking to people, doing your drawing, all that stuff. And you've literally uh, said, you know, I'm not going to take any career model from anyone else. I'm going to yeah. forget all that. Mm -hmm. All I'm going to do is create all my metrics that say, these are the things I want to, this is the ingredients I want to put in this stew, if you will. Uh, call back to the to the stew. Yeah, Dave stew workshop. <laughs> it works out. These are all the things I want to put in this stew. I'm going to figure out how to do this in such a way where I can make a living and and uh, and live this life that I want to live. And that's the always thing I'm trying to impart to people is like start with the end in mind and then figure out. Don't don't think about what roads have other people taken to get there. That can help you. That can yeah. give you a tip on how to get there. But ultimately, uh, and one of the things you saying that just made me realize that like, you know, uh, you know, I like I've told you this before. I think I've had, I think those years like trying to earn my dad's love or whatever, which I I realized like, you know, like I'm at therapy right now. I'm just being like extreme. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely it's <laughs> art therapy. Don't talk about stuff like that. So so you know, I realize it's weird, but I'm just doing it anyway. No, no, but, this is how we do it. Uh, just like I remember, we were riding in the. We were like, you know, when you got to camp and you didn't quite, yeah. you know, know all the all the ins and outs of camp yet, and and you're like, you know, we were in the car driving to the hike. Right when you got there, we threw you into like a night, like a seven mile hike, like the first day or something. <laughs> and we were having like, some conversation in the car, and you're like, I might sound a little weird here and i'm like dude you're this is just how we do it like there's nothing that you could say that's too weird it goes got training camp and actually so i think one thing i've noticed that you know you and i have all kinds of differences obviously but i feel like uh one thing i've tried to learn from you is and unlearn for myself is like that thing that wants to be to to succeed on on these with those corporate metrics yeah. of like having all of your crap together and every facet in, in their terms being, you know, like the person that's extremely punctual and has, you know, you know, their, their checks. I've never balanced my checkbook, but that's like, that's, a, I don't even know what that is. I never really check. I had no idea. I don't have a checkbook. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing of like, you know, talking about that stuff and doing that stuff, like realizing that, um, it keeps me from doing a lot of things that I want to do, yeah. um, that I should be doing. Like, one of the things that uh, I'm way when I'm like, I took a break from my MFBA class and I quit taking uh, the personal pep talk calls because 
doing all that stuff throws my life into a little bit of a chaotic state mm-hmm. to where all of my weaknesses come out. Mm. So I will miss things. I will, you know, I'm not, I'm not like amazing at keeping track of my calendar and, and of all the inbox and all the, all these different freaking organization things. I'm terrible at all that crap. Yeah. And so when I'm at my, um, and I'm actually doing all the things that like I really I, – I struggle to use this term, should be doing it. Just what feels right to me, what yeah. feels doing my best work and what I'm you know, here to do. Like I, uh, I am doing calls and, and doing uh, – because just like what you described, like when I do my calls with my students – I'm in you. Euf- I get to a place of euphoria. Oh, totally. Literally. I look yeah. forward to it. I look forward to it so much. Like I'm genuinely like so happy on Sunday when I just chat all day. It's like, it's the best. And I feel, I know I get to a euphoric state. I know that I am, uh, I am, I am, uh, transferring that euphoric. I, I can speak about it in these grandiose terms, like transcendent energy, and I'm transferring it to the people I'm on the call with, and it, it's a glorious human exchange that I know is weird. Like yeah. I know most people have never experienced that, and I think I should be doing that. If I have the ability to do that, I should be doing it. What's stopping me? Yeah. Well, when I open those things up, I usually miss a few appointments or like you know like yeah. weird yeah. things that I get self conscious about, and I'm like, well, just close it all because I you know it's that part of me that wants to exist on that corporate wavelength yeah. and, and have all my ducks in a row when yeah. you know all the people that i'm when i say hey sorry i have to reschedule our call mm. they're like yeah that's a normal thing that's fine right, but i'm like right, right. shame self because yeah, I, I, have have to, I have to be really careful with that stuff too because i'm terrible about the organization and stuff yeah. i have to i have to make like a very strong schedule and it has to be the simplest thing possible like i lump it all into one day a week so like sunday that's like the only thing that i have to think about and it's like all set up and people book their chats and i do them all in a row like if it was like all different days and all this like i have to i have to really make a very strong very simple streamlined thing if it's gonna work because the yeah otherwise it just wouldn't work and it would fall apart for me totally the obsession, though, with doing what you are passionate about uh, has led you to be incredibly self-aware, and what you just described, uh, and, 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 and incredibly strategic, yeah. uh, That and so many people never get to that level of creativity. Like, mm-hmm. you d- developing this class where you do the, the way that you do it so that it combines with your strengths and weaknesses and it, all that stuff. And then also, um, well, I'll go there in a second, but just all that stuff. That's the stuff I'm always trying to impart to people on the podcast of like, this is the way, if you're going to thrive as a creative person, it's going to be an unorthodox way of doing it. You're going to have to approach it creatively, incredibly self-aware, super in tune with your strengths and weaknesses, Mm -hmm. uh, all of that stuff. And, and, you know, um, yeah, I'm so I'm super inspired by that. Even though I do a lot of those kinds of things, um, I think that yeah, I just always am learning stuff from you. One one question I had, yeah, um, you always have Alex uh, involved with what you're doing. Yeah, the and first wonder- the first two workshops, he was he he wanted it when I first set up the workshop. He wanted to take, he wanted to be a student in the workshop. And I said, and I had already been thinking like, oh, it'd probably be good to have an assistant because the workshop really yeah. came organically out of Go Scout training camp. And I had really learned all this stuff about 
hyping people up and 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 really you know getting people trying to really you know because i struggled so much early in my life like i have a yeah. real true deep passion for for helping people figure out their their get on their true life path they're really passionate you know building a whole life around your interests i feel like that's just not something that's stressed in our culture so no. you know i i i felt like man i i'm so fortunate and 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 privileged and lucky and 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 you know to to be in the position that i am like i feel i i have to turn around and help people up this ladder help hold up a lantern yeah. and help guide people down and both my parents are social workers so i think that like that, that yeah. definitely like comes through my mom's like a minister now it's actually funny yeah. i always joke with my mom because she has a church and she gets up on sunday and preaches and i i get up yeah. on sunday and make my hype video and then vid chat dude. with everybody so it's like the gospel of go shrimp you know what i'm saying i but, know man <laughs> I, dude I've, I've said the same thing yeah. <laughs> uh, a billion times of like it, it's the same energy i and i feel like for me that this is just like, and again, I try not to get too descript with, you know, I don't really know what it all is, but it feels feels like this holy pursuit to me. Of oh, like, for this sure. Is I mean, that's what that it is. I mean, we're all just, yeah, we're all just here trying to connect with the with the meaningfulness of life, right? I mean, that's what that's, art is. It's like you're trying to describe the magical, intangible, eternal, ethereal you know, connection of all life. So, I mean, that's, that's yes. what art is to me. So it makes perfect sense that we would get together and have all these, you know, supernatural conversations and all this stuff. I mean, that's what it's all about to me, but yeah, because it grew out of that model and, and, and the counselors are such a big part of what makes ghost scout training camp work. And uh, Alex had been a counselor for the last two years. And, and also we're like, we're both like, you know, UFC nuts. I started to get really into yeah. the UFC and he's like super into it. So we chat like literally every day, like about UFC right. shit. Yeah. So yeah. we're just like super dialed in uh, to, to one another. And so, yeah, he, he wanted to take, he wanted to take the workshop. And I said, yo, how about you just, you know, and I already, I had already thought of asking him to do this. And then when he approached yeah. me, I was like, perfect, man, why don't you just take it for free and be my assistant? And then this time around, I, and, and then I was like, if we do it again, I'll hire you, um, to do it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. this, this time I hired him to do it, but yeah. So what was your question about him? And my question is, I mean, from knowing him, I feel like I'm assuming that he brings really different things to the table that, you know, help, you know, round that out. And the reason I ask is because <clears throat> at the end of, uh, well, the run that I went, when I was really focused on creative pep talk stuff, uh, it kind of all came to a head, uh, when I did an event called creative pep rally last, uh, spring and, uh, this past spring. And I, at the end of that, even though it went better than I could have imagined, mm -hmm. I, the week after that, two weeks after that, I was in one of the darkest places that I've ever been Wow! because I, and it was just, I mean, I could tell you a billion reasons why I was, I was burnt out, but mm -hmm. I think ultimately I was burnt out because I was existing 80% of my, my time was existing in my weaknesses yeah. and just getting through by the skin of my teeth of like, right. you're going to freaking do this and you're going to get it done and you're going to do it the right way. And you know, right. you're not going to drop a ball. And I didn't, but I was so destroy by getting all the details of the of the of the event all the details of the class i was doing all the details of the podcast and illustration career blah 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 all that stuff and i uh i was really burnt out to where i'd lost like the my taste buds for life i just yeah. I, it was it sucked so freaking bad and i and so anyway the, the past season i've been feeling a call to integrate 
other people in a more significant way. Yeah. And I just, it seemed like Alex probably brings a different skill set to the table that maybe rounds out some of your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, what he does is like, he comes, he went to school for graphic design. And so he's like, actually like, uh, and, and he, you know, he, he, he's really good on branding and, and create, he has a, he has the bark character that he's created that dog and he just promotes the hell out of it. And he makes his own toys. Like he, you know, he hires a sculptor to make like a bark toy. And then he made a posable figure of one of the toys from his comics. And, uh, and then he designs all the packaging. He just has like a great attention to detail and like, just, uh, you know, he, he just brings a great energy to it. And like, we, we both have the same energy and and mindset for things but then he just like i don't know he has an attention to detail that i don't have and he comes from that real design background and um and and then and then so he brings that to it but also like he knows the system he knows he knows like you know just how i like to you know how what i he knows what i'm trying to say because i don't i can't always like say exactly what i'm trying to say sometimes yeah and like (laughs) like like i'm like just be another eyes and ears in the workshop because like we'll talk every week and i'll be like what do you like how's it going what do you think and like and like what you know he'll just if i'm missing something he'll let me know you know what i'm saying like like i just want to know that i'm not like that 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 everybody's feeling something that I'm not picking up on or something. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's just yeah. another set of eyes, like, you know, like uh, eyes and ears of like, okay, this is all going good. Right. Like, I think this is going great. Is, uh, is this going good? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, or he'll be like, Man, oh, that's such a he'll good be move. like, he'll be like, you forgot to say this, or you forgot to say that. Like, like he knows everything that I have to say. Cause he's been around for camp and, you know, for yeah. two years and all that he went it's three years, really three years in a row. He's been to camp. So, you know, he knows exactly what I'm trying to accomplish, how I'm trying to say it, all the ways that I say things and all that stuff. So, so yeah, that's why it's so valuable to have someone that's there that really knows you inside and out and can and can step up and be like you know oh you went like like he'll tell me he'd be like he'd be like oh man like i'll sometimes i'll finish up a talk at camp and he'll be like dude you had him but then you went along like 10 minutes too long like you know he'll like he'll totally (laughs) tell me because i'll do a thing where i'm like i say something and i pick this up from my dad i say something and then i say it again in a different way and then again in a different way i like keep repeating myself like i rephrase it and it's like so so and like it's funny because Try, like my like everyone knows my dad does it in the family where I like, go oh my god tells the same story yeah 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 uh, it's so funny but yeah that's but that's it's just super helpful and I'm really glad that I did that because uh and also it always adds an air of legitimacy too be like this is my okay. assistant like you know not just as like it's just like ha- having a team is just powerful you know it's just a, it's just a great thing and it makes it really fun too because then it's like I don't know, you know, and then we're just in there and we're like joking about stuff and, and, uh, it just, it it reinforces the culture. I mean, what makes Ghost Scouts so good and Ghost Scout training camp so strong now is just the culture there. Everybody comes, the counselors have all been through it. They all know what it's about. And as you know, like when you first got there, you're like, what the hell is this? What am I doing here? And I could tell that you're like everybody, when they come the first time, they're a little like, is this real? Is this like, is this like, is this just like a guy like being self-indulgent? Like, what is this? You know, like, you know, is this like is this like a weird like so you're taking advantage of people? Like, there's all these different angles you could think about it. But then, once you kind of are really immersed in the culture, you get oh, okay, I get this. This is just about yeah. building a super creative community and helping people get to where they want to go in life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, but what is it? What did it feel like when you came? We've talked a little bit about. Yeah, it. I mean, th- there's a bunch of different layers to this. So the yeah. first layer is that I'm not really outdoorsy, right. and I, you know, I'm not anti like my dad just to give you an idea like my dad 
I have a little bit of this, but I'm not too extreme. He's never slept outside. Wow. Ever in his entire life. When he was a high schooler and they would go like drink in the woods or whatever, like his friends would, he would go hang out with them. And then when they'd go to bed, he'd just leave. Yeah. (laughs) Not sleeping outside. And so he's like, so I'm not like that, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not just like super outdoorsy person who is, you know, crazy about it. I don't camp very often. Yeah, You don't go like camping every year with your family and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've been camping, you know, probably 15 times in my life or whatever. But I, so that's one thing is that, you know, I was just like, yeah, this isn't my usual vibe, that thing. And then also I think by just like what you're describing, it is literally, there's no comparison other than camp, which I didn't go to camp either. So like, (laughs) and, and I'm introverted really. So like, even though I can do that for me, uh, you know, uh, kind of like the thing you're describing, which is like a teacher or a coach or whatever you want to call it, like where you're leading somebody through something or when you're on stage as, as doing a talk, that's still a very isolated thing to do. Yeah. It's very, you know, and I'm comfortable in that zone. There's something about, uh, it was just like, it was, it, it was just culture shock of like, I, you know, here I am. And, 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 it's so different. You have nothing to compare it to. Yeah, it really it's is a pretty smart, unique like, thing. It's like it's yeah. like a weird hybrid of a kid. It's like a, it's like a dream version of a kid's summer camp. But then there's like chainsaws and guns and like you know like it's just like it's it's so wild. And then we're drawing and like people yeah. are always like because I remember when I described it to you the first time. You're like, yeah, that sounds cool. I might be into that. And then I was like, hey man, so do you think you're gonna come? And you're like, describe it to me again. Like, what is this again? Like, it's it is as hard to wrap your mind around. Like, yeah. It is. It's different. And I, you know, I think uh, what's amazing is that it is a shock to people's system, just yeah. like even in a small way. Anytime you travel, your brain is so much more so much smushier. It's so much like more impressionable when you open it up because you're not in the mundane everyday kind of thing. And I think when you take all those people there, especially because you take them there for so long, mm-hmm. it is a life experience that bookends before and after. Yes, yeah, and that immersive, is, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, and even the weekend, I think about, uh, you know, I think about the hike that we did. I think about being up on that mountain. I think about uh, drawing and what I was listening to and feeling the the day that we were drawing, mm-hmm. and uh, it's. It was an experience that, yes, that de- that sticks out in my in the past five years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the first, I think, there's a billion reasons why the first 24 hours, I'm like, the, you know, just like, even in my mind, I thought you're just out of your comfort zone in like seven ways. Yeah. So, and I thought, which you know, I feel like I had the awareness to be like, good man, like that's exactly what you want to do if you're if you're gonna like grow and have some creative experiences and stuff you're gonna have sit in it man like that's fine good you're totally out of your comfort zone um and then after that i felt pretty good especially the was really helpful too i think just but physically pushing yourself uh ends up breaking things off of you you know so 
Yeah, there's nothing like just like exercise to like stop your mind. You know, you're just like you're just walking through the woods, you're hiking, you're talking to people, and you're like, holy shit, this is a fucking. I'm tired. Like, and you're like, wow, we're we're not even halfway there yet, and you're just like, holy shit, and you're just going with it. You know, it's so funny. That was awesome. I love that. I yeah, it it was so good, and I think uh, I uh, yeah, it it definitely was like a retreat for me and uh but yeah i think i think what you're doing with all that is so incredible i think also what's interesting is that what i love like i feel like a lot of people that end up listening to my podcast for whatever reason a lot of those people are like art school grads Mm -hmm. or they're like not all of them but a lot of them are either um or or graphic designers or um whatever came through it that way and I think what I loved about uh, Ghost Scouts was that they were just people that this was like a formative experience, unlike anything that they'd had. And, yeah. it, and it gave them a place uh, and an identity that was so far from their everyday. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of people there that had not, I, I don't really know the the best way to describe it, but just like no professional experiences that were at this caliber yeah so it just changed their self-esteem yeah like, totally yeah we there that, that definitely has an effect on people like people have definitely said that and because people go through a certain like you know some some people especially people that are more introverted and less because a lot of people have never camped before and all this stuff and people are yeah. literally some of some of the people it's their first trip to america when they come here yeah. and it's like their first <laughs> camping trip and like it just captures their imagination so they come and they're called to do it so they come but it's like nobody really knows what to expect you're here there's the you know you're unplugged there's no electricity you're you're not using your cell phone in camp you know you I I mean, you use it in town when you go to buy food a couple of times a week yeah. or whatever, but you're unplugged from everything that's your touchstone. It almost is like going to another planet or another reality. Yes. That's why with the podcast, I'm always like broadcasting from another dimension because I truly yeah. think of the woods here as being another dimension, you know, and, and that's why I like to spend my time in this dimension. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in my woods like 90% of my time, you know, like yeah. I'm just like in this other, <laughs> I'm in this dream world floating around and then I dip out and reconnect connect with people but i'm just floating in this other dimension all the time and and yeah i think for people when they come and experience that it is it does become this this really transcendent experience and and that's why it's so powerful and 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 can really leave such an impression on them and then everybody's so proud to be a ghost scout and yeah and and then it really is a big part of their self-esteem one of the things that i really love is like a lot of times um once they leave camp their social media identity will become their scout name like their scout name will be all over there so like that's like they really embody it and everybody's a member of the ghost scouts and like you know it, it really is this bond that is such a special thing and and i think is so you know is definitely more 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 of a experience you would have when you were a kid than when you would have mm-hmm. it as an adult so then when you have it as an adult it's like you know it's just something cuz cuz everything that we experience with when we're adults is usually in some way tied to like business or something like that and because yeah, this true. exists outside of any considerations of that kind of stuff it's yeah. purely 
truly to build friendships. Like the whole point of Ghost Scout Training Camp is truly to just build friendships. And like, what other yeah. thing is 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 that the model of? You know, that's the currency yeah. here is is like friendships and support and 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 building up your dreams and having a group of people that also are like really rooting for you to accomplish your wild, outlandish dreams. I mean, there's like that. That's that's insane, you know? So like, I think for people to become a part of that, it really does become an important thing. And, and just, you know, the, the proof is it, the proof is that just that people keep coming back. Like, I'm always like, well, maybe this is the year that like nobody applies and like everybody's too busy to come back, but like it just keeps happening. And like, you know, this year we had seven girls out of nine cadets come. I mean, like that's every year there's some like amazing new thing. Like, you know, there's like four or five international people that come. There's, you know, seven girls that came this year. And, and yeah. then you're like, oh, I wonder how that will, will, will that change the dynamic? And then if it does change, whenever the dynamic changes, it only gets stronger. It's like, a, it's yeah. incredible. It's this snowball of amazing, uh, of just the best ideas we can come up with and to see what sticks and what works and keep keep going on. And it's like, Man, it's it's and it's almost that time of year again. In January, we're gonna start blasting out the you know the recruiting stuff. So it's gonna start up all over again. And yeah, there's always a part yeah. of my brain that's working on it. There's always a part of my brain that's occupied by the scout stuff, and it really has become such a part of my identity too. And probably like yeah. the, my most favorite uh, outside of my family and stuff like that, like just my most favorite part of my life. It's funny. Cause like, I just went back to Brooklyn this past weekend and I was, yeah. and I was hanging out with some of my old pals and then all these scouts started showing up, you know, we're all like, we're all like brothers and sisters. We're like laughing, like wildly <laughs> laughing about, Oh my God, remember this? Blah, blah. Like, just like, just like people are kind of standing around being like, who are these people? And my friends were like, damn, this ghost scout shit is for real, huh? And they were like, what the fuck? Like, it was like, so, and they come through and they're like, everybody's so talented too. Like they're all, I'm like, yo, you gotta meet Marley. Like she's killing it. It. like she has like 20,000 followers on Instagram and everybody's like oh yeah. shit like like it's not just like Legit. we're a bunch of misfits it's like people are killing it like people are yeah. coming here they're doing stuff they're leaving they're killing I mean it's not like we're claiming the you know that that's the that's what makes them successful but like it, it's all these super like you know a lot of them are Definitely super motivated people you know it's like yeah it's it's, man, it's, it's incredible and, man and I, I always, and and here's the thing that I have communicated uh a zillion times, I think that maybe I haven't thought of it as clearly as as this moment, but this idea, I honestly believe that you are uh, you have a ceiling and it and it exists to the people that you have hung around, yeah and, and you have connected with, your ceiling. you can't go higher in a way. there's there's exceptions to this rule, but in my experience, uh, the quickest way and the most surefire way to blow the roof off your ceiling is to go be around people that are far above where you are. And it just literally refigures your and rewires your entire brain and you become a different person overnight. So you get those people, you throw them out in the woods with people that have directed Hollywood movies and, and do what you've done and all that kind of stuff. And you're, they're hanging at that level for that period of time, their self-esteem and the way they see themselves and the possibilities in this world, everything, it just blows the roof off of it. And it changed. And and man, I, and that's what I tell people all the time is like, number one thing on your list uh, has got to be, how do I get around people that are, 
closer to doing what I want to be doing than, than, uh, than I am in the people that I'm around now. Yeah. And whether that is, you know, for a lot of people that pay a, uh, a crazy premium by going to art school to do that, but it's an effective way of doing that. Yeah. Like I, there's not a there's not a lot of other options out there to to have to go be with those teachers and go be with those those peers. Um, there are other ways though. If you yeah. want to think, you know, if you get if you get creative about it and you hustle at it, there are other ways of spending time with those people. But I don't know if there's a way of really becoming who you want to become without being around people that are like who you want to become. Yeah, uh, I think the most, and it's funny too, because like it's Ghost Scout training camp runs on this and the workshop as well. People are always like, so what are you teaching people in your workshop? And like, you know, I'll explain the, you know, the the weekly assignments and the, you know, yeah. picking out the hype vid and doing the, doing the chats and just getting people into the pace of, you know, putting up sketches every week and then turning in the, turning in the finish and then getting feedback and applying that feedback to the next assignment and doing this week after week after week. But I'm like, really, the thing that I'm trying to get these kids to absorb is the mindset. Because like, you know, you can have all the technical chops in the world, you could still fail. You could have all the business savvy in the world, you could still fail based on circumstances around you. But if you have a winning mindset, if you have a successful mindset, if you have a world champion mindset, you are already successful. Because no matter what happens, you're going to filter through that mindset, you're going to figure out the next productive move to make, and you're going to go forward with it, whether you're at the top of your game or whether you're you're at the bottom of your game or no matter, you know, where you are in your life. If you have the mindset, you're you're golden. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's made that's everything that I have been able to do positively in my life is come from the mindset. And also negatively too. When I'm in a negative yeah. mindset, everything that I manifest is negative. You know, that yeah. was that was where I was stuck for those years as a teenager. And it was and that realization, you know, it took me, you know, breaking my feet to really wake up out of that. And then, yeah. you know, and then facing that future in a wheelchair and all this shit like people have heard me talk about, you know, but so it took me all to go through all that struggle to get that mindset and and then to apply it and then for everything else to really turn around after that and and really that's the thing that i'm that i'm trying to get across in this workshop and it's so beautiful when you can see it dawn on people and connect with people and 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 really soak in and and they're and they're and they're getting it because you can just see it and like oh my god i understand this and it's so powerful because it's like yeah because then they know it then they then they're going to be able to teach them it's like giving them a magical talisman that then is going to unlock every door in their future for them you know what i'm saying yeah so powerful dude it is and i and it's funny because i have the same mindset when i was doing my online class because i was thinking you know i'm calling it a class we have lessons and assignments like a class the funny thing is, though, it's not really a class. I'm not sure what it is. It's something else. All the most important things are not those things. They're yeah. they're they're the they are the you know watching the people that really got something from it. Mm-hmm. They're the people that bonded deeply with the other people in the class. Yeah. They did a bunch of things where they met those people in real life. They collaborated yeah, exactly. with those people. They they you know really soaked up every drop that I was willing to give, mm-hmm. and all of that. That those things are the reasons why people will be changed from it. Yeah. And, and and what I was trying to do of like, let's get people together uh, and, and, and give them these mindsets that help enable uh, the, the ceiling of uh, that's the thing. I think people don't realize that there's a ceiling in your mind. There, there's a ceiling to what you think you're capable of, what you think you're willing to do, what you think all of the excuses of why you can't do it, just all that stuff. 
And I feel like the, the, the two ways that you really get through that is one, paradigm shifts where you really wake up to new realities through ideas communicated mm-hmm. to you. And then being around other people that are uh, already in that paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. Those two things, uh, that w- that's how you change life. That's yeah. how you and, – and, and yeah, I mean I, I think it's amazing that you, you've provided uh, – you know, the class one is similar to what I've done. But the, the, uh, the immersive uh, quality is something that um, – Again, you know, I don't have a woods where people can stay, and then also (laughs) (laughs) I have my own universe out there in the you know hills of Vermont. But uh, but also, yeah, I mean, it's just not. I I always think that just seems it does seem like a lot of like details as well of like orchestrating all that to happen. But it is. But it's again, it's like I I have to I know that I just keep it simple, and then and then you know people are helping, and then it's just yeah. I mean, it's now 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 that it's in motion, it's it's. It is work, but it's like it's the work that comes naturally to me. It's like what you said. It's like it's like it's like there's certain things that you do that play to your weaknesses and there's certain things that do to play to your strengths. So I I just try as much as possible to play to my strengths, you know what I'm saying, rather than my weaknesses. Like I used to I used to because I have a nostalgia for like getting stuff in the mail and stuff. I used to have people like mail like I I used to have people request an application to camp and then I would mail it to them and then they'd mail it back. But like that's yeah. so labor intensive. So now yeah. I just have people mail it in and and now yeah. they make like I keep the I keep the questions short for training camp and then they make a video and most of it is like really watching their video and checking out their work to, to see if they'd be a a good fit for what we're trying to do and stuff like that so you know get streamlined but and also one of the things i was uh one of the things that we've we've added to the workshop this this second time around that's really fun and building that immersive getting more of that immersive community environment into it is that you know i do the one-on-one vid chats with everybody each week each weekend but then also we've done at the you know there's the it's 12 weeks and we have the three sections we have the creating strong personal work and then we have the commercial illustration section and right now we're just entering into the um the background design stuff and at the end of each section um now we do a um a group chat for an hour like where we just have a party chat right, where everyone cool. gets in there at once and we're all just like hooting and hollering and, and all this stuff <laughs> and also i have them make like introductory videos in the beginning where they're introducing each other and then throughout the thing i try to get them to make little videos like right when you came in they had just posted videos of like of like their three least productive habits and then and then yeah. three three productive habits that they're going to put in place to kind of uh you know replace those and stuff like that so i try to get them interacting as much as possible like that and of course with all the feedback and stuff they're interacting but some of them have interacted in real life too which is really cool Um, yeah that's awesome and then another thing that we're going to implement when this one is done is we're going to create an, an alumni group online where all the people that have taken the workshop get to go into this alumni group. So the first and the second rounds will be put in there after this one. And then all the future graduate, you know, graduates or whatever you want to call them, all the people that have taken it will go in there so they can really continue that community thing of just like that yeah, camaraderie awesome. and all that stuff together. Cause that's so important. And, and the more that I talk to the students and stuff, cause they're from all over the world and everything. And, and they'll, they'll be like, man, 
I just, some of them just truly don't even have friends that are creative and stuff. So like, you know, and they're like, man, I've never been like in contact with people that are, that are creatives like this so much. And like, this is just like blowing my mind. It's making me so much more productive and inspired and feeling connected. And, you know, it's, it it truly is so important. And I I experienced that. I mean, you know, building the community, like Ghost Scouts didn't, didn't do before training camp. Ghost Scouts was just my friends. And since, since, you know, we moved here six years ago and we've done these six training camps i mean like every year i meet some of the my best friends in the world it's like insane yeah. and like and like yeah. you said it's like it's like that ceiling just keeps going up and up and up it's like every year when i meet all these new creative people and create a situation where we're deeply bonding with each other and yes. you know it's it's like it's like we're going it's like we're in some kind of crazy artistic exploratory platoon going out to yeah. like you know explore new territory in the creative wilderness together and we get all these deep bonds and then yeah i think everybody's ceiling just continues to go up and up and up and it's funny cuz you know when i was when i was chilling with my old friends this past weekend um you know and and some of them have been in the city like this whole time for the past mm. like you know we graduated like 14 years ago 15 years ago and um and 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 they're like the reality's kind of been the same and and some of them kind of feel like they've been like beaten down by the city life they were saying like man yeah. like after after being like 35 living in the city trying to grind it out all this time like i feel like it's kind of beating me down and they're like and they're like dude you're like bouncing off the walls you're like wild yeah. and energetic and like so like yeah. like i'm like i'm so like optimistic and enthusiastic and like so hyped they're like man like you know yes. they're like damn man you got something going on there like i'm like i know i've been trying to tell y'all like come out there you know get out in but- the it's like <laughs> but i feel like uh the, the the thing that again you think you're a lot of those people that would live in the city or uh, you know with the overhead I, I never had crazy overhead and i always tried to avoid it whenever i could yeah. but i think one of the things that um you've got to do is you figure out your own metrics you're and you know a lot of people think they have to, in order to be legit they have to live in new york city or whatever it is yeah and totally. they, they you know they they do all these things that end up you know all these metrics that are other people's metrics of success and yeah. that ends up uh destroying their ability to thrive and i think the other thing that i think is really fascinating about what you said is uh that the other thing i think you can learn from adhd other than just like doing whatever the hell it takes to, uh, to, to be in your passion zone. The other thing I think that create, uh, ADHD people do is that they are obsessed with figuring out what matters and then cutting everything else. And it's like you describing, uh, you know, the applications being sent in the mail and all that kind of jazz. And I do the same thing, which is, realizing which of these things contribute to the magic yeah and we're, if they and the thing about it is the reason we don't even do it on purpose i don't think but like the reason we're grab we gravitate towards what matters and we always cut everything else all of the uh, extraneous stuff that doesn't need to be there is because the stuff that matters energizes us and we're happy to do it because we're like oh i'm doing meaningful stuff yeah like this means something and everything else we cut as soon as it as soon as we realize it's not meaningful, it's not contributing to the goal, yeah. we cut it. And yeah. it's just actually good business too. Yeah, of like totally. you're getting rid of all of the you're cutting all the fat from your mm-hmm. from your endeavors. Yeah. And I do it all the time. Of like, what are the things that help me get jobs? And just and and I only do those things. And then I love doing those things because I know when I'm doing this, it means I'm gonna get different jobs. Yeah. Uh, and everything else that is really inefficient 
uh, at doing whatever it is I'm trying to do. And I can tell it's not changing the bottom line. I can tell it doesn't matter. It's not meaningful. I just cut it. And I'm just like, yeah. And I think, um, having that, it's like a metal detector of, of, of what means something, what matters, what's contributing. And it means that you're constantly cutting 80% of what you're doing down, uh, because it's irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, And that is, you know, that it's just like what you said. You, I mean, the way you designed um, and continued to tinker with the camp and then with the class, yeah, going through and just tailoring it and crafting it and carving it into a, a this machine that works for for your strengths. Yeah, yeah, because then that's going to allow me to do a great job with it. It's not yes. going to make it a burden for me. It's not going to make me resent the time it's stealing from me. You know, you have to build it to the power so that it energizes you. And I get on there every day, and I'm fucking glowing with nuclear energy, and everybody's like, yeah. holy shit, this is crazy amazing. You know, like that's how it's, it's got to be built. You know, And what I'm the, thing, the difference, though, man, is that there's a bunch of other people that don't have that natural, like, you know, passion obsession mm-hmm. that can do a bunch of other things mediocre uh, at a mediocre level. Mm-hmm. And they never really, that means they never really know what matters. Yeah. So they're just doing what they've seen done before. So they create an online class and it's got a billion hoops to jump through. Yeah. 90% doesn't mean anything, but they don't, it doesn't matter that it doesn't mean anything to them because they're just doing, they're just ticking boxes. Yeah. So, you know, that's what, so not only do you end up making something where you can shine, you make this thing that's highly concentrated in power. Yeah. Uh, that nothing's wasted. Yeah. And that's so much more of a, 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 it's so much more valuable to the end user too. Totally. Um, not only just for your enjoyment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. So yeah. well, we got to wrap this up because I got to go yeah. grab Wolfie from the bus stop in five minutes. But uh, so, uh, you know, where can people check out? I mean, you know, I'm sure people already know where to check you out. But uh, but where can people uh, find track you down for more fun? If you uh, you can go listen to my podcast, Creative Pep Talk on iTunes mm-hmm. and uh, SoundCloud and all that jazz. And then I'm on twitter and but i'm mainly on instagram uh at andy j pizza and that's the best place to check it out nice well this has been so much fun man i feel like we've been talking for only about five minutes and i feel like we could do a (laughs) hundred more hours and uh we'll definitely have to jump on more podcasts in the future because whenever we get on together it's it's a blast absolutely dude definitely Uh, i can't wait to uh send my people your way definitely yeah let me uh let me click off and then we'll say bye here all righty all right Dang, apologies to anybody who burned the roof of their mouth listening to this podcast because the cheese was sliding off of those slices and it was piping hot. You know what I'm saying? As advertised, that beef stew pizza was filling you up to the top. You just got an earful of meat and potatoes and i hope everybody enjoyed it as much as i did i know me and andy had a great time just like we always do when we're on a podcast or we're jumping on the phone connecting mashing our minds together it is truly super super fun to you know i'm saying have a nice creative conversation with someone that is really sharing a slice of your reality and that's exactly what is going on here 
And I'm glad to pull everyone behind the curtain and share it with you. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what it's all about. So uh, also very, very, very big shout outs to everybody who showed up to Comic Arts Brooklyn this weekend. Um, I was down there doing a little panel at Pratt, returning to my old alma mater, having a super fun time. And a couple people approached me after the panel and uh, said how much they're enjoying the podcast. And that really means a lot to me, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we've only been doing this a short time, but we're very excited about it. I'm very excited about it. I know the Ghost Scouts are very excited about it. It's a super, super fun thing to just jump on and dig into every week. You know what I'm saying? So big shout outs. Shout out to everybody continuing to order posters and draw tirias off the website. Much appreciated. You know what I'm saying? If you like this podcast, definitely uh, appreciate you showing me some love by going on and ordering some goods off the website, GoShrimpGlobal.com. Um, If anybody's interested in finding out more information about the 12-week online workshop, there is lots of information to be had on the website. Um, I posted up an hour-long video breaking down some of the album covers that I've done, showing the original artwork, talking about the thoughts that went into it and the client relations and all that. That's up on my YouTube page. That's straight out the workshop to give you a little extra taste so uh, you can really get an idea of what that's all about. If anybody has any questions about it, shoot them to me. If anybody has any questions for the podcast, shoot them to me. You know what I'm saying? Because you are the friends in the Go Shrimp and Friends podcast. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we got, so we got 10 spots. The first two rounds uh, have sold out. Um, We're in week nine of the second round right now, getting into that background design. I can't wait to see the backgrounds that people are going to post up this week. Um, But yeah, if you're ready to take your your game to the next level, start 2018 out super strong, whether you've got a hobby that you want to turn into a professional visual art career or whether you already have a career going but want to take it uh, in a down a path that is really personally driven and based on, you know, uh, doing the work that you really want to do, developing your voice as a visual artist and um, getting into it. That's exactly what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? So check it out. GoShrimpGlobal.com. Um, don't dilly dally. Don't miss your spot. This is probably uh, the last one I'll be doing for a minute. I'm probably going to be doing these mostly in the winter months. So round four will probably be in the fall of 2018. So if you're interested in taking this workshop and it's piqued your interest, um, don't sleep on it. Don't wait um, because uh, taking it is definitely going to really affect your career in a great way moving forward right out the gate. You know what I'm saying? It's designed to really help you figure out exactly what you want to do, really practice what you want to do, and really come out of there with a lot of ideas, a great new portfolio, and a lot of of, uh, ideas about getting out there and differentiating differentiating yourself in the marketplace, you know what I'm saying, creating 
a strong personal brand. We cover everything from the magical and metaphysical to the real business, the real uh, getting down into the business aspects of it. So uh, we leave no stone unturned and uh, we're adding new ideas each round. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a really special and great thing. So if it piques your interest, check it out. And if you continue to feel that call to sign up for it, don't dilly-dally. Jump up and do it because it's worth it. All right. Uh, until next time, you know what I'm saying? Set those goals. Use this week to set a couple of goals and accomplish a couple of goals that are going to get you closer to that dream life that that life built around all the things that interest you most that are going to really keep you passionate and engaged with what you're doing every day you know what i'm saying and don't forget that you don't have to agree with everybody out there you don't have to look like the same as everybody out there you know what i'm saying you don't have to be from the same place as everybody out there but you do got to really try to treat everybody with respect. You know what I'm saying? We got to try to connect with each other, not disconnect, right? There's a lot of miscommunication going out on out there in the world today. So let's communicate in a way where we are making connections with one another and we are creating a shared reality that everyone can flourish in because it is a possibility, right? Anything is possible. We are we are creative animals in an infinite universe, and truly everything is possible, right? So until next week, gang, sign up for the workshop, subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend to tell a friend about this podcast, and I will talk to you next week. Peace.